welcome to this podcast by the National Institute of Economic and Social Research, NISA. I'm Paola Buonadonna. The Institute has just published its August review containing our quarterly forecast of the UK economy. There are lots of interesting aspects to it that would be worth analysing in detail and today I'm joined by senior economist Rebecca Piggott to take a closer look at the labour market story. Rebecca, I think it's fair to say that the picture is somewhat confusing, isn't it? Yes, so unemployment is very, very low. It's at 4.5% currently and this is the lowest it's been since uh, the mid-70s. Which is good news. Which is great. But we expect this very low unemployment to exert some upward pressure on uh, real wages. However, real wage growth has been uh, very, very poor recently. So it declined during the recession, as we expect. From 2014 onwards, there was some some real wage growth, but still this was lower than what we would hope in the recovery from a recession. And in uh, recent quarters, it has uh, turned negative again. So despite being employed at record numbers, People don't seem to be able to negotiate higher wages. No. Why is that? It's a complicated picture. In the long run, what drives uh, real wage growth is productivity growth. And productivity growth in the UK has been uh, poor since the recession. Output per hour remains lower now than it was um, in the peak in 2007. And if we compare to other advanced economies, output per hour is the second lowest in the G7, only ahead of Japan. Why are we doing so badly? One of the reasons uh, behind this poor productivity could be that firms are hiring labour instead of investing. And this is, could be due to uncertainty. It's more costly to, once you have a capital stock, it's more costly to get rid of your capital stock where you can get rid of your labour force more easily. So in the face of this uncertainty, firms might want to hire more labour instead of investing. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, because for some reason real wages uh, have are low, then labour is relatively cheap. So this incentivizes firms further to hire more labour relative to capital. So this sort of reinforces mm-hmm. uh, the, the situation. It's a sort of vicious circle yeah. in a sense, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, I suppose, if you work in a place with antiquated equipment or software or whatever, your 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 effectiveness and your productivity is also yeah, hampered. Yeah. I suppose another thing worth mentioning is, is the quality, the kind of jobs that are being created. During the financial crisis, we, there was a rise in um, self-employment and part-time employment as a proportion of total employment. Um, during the recovery, these have uh, come down, but they remain elevated compared to uh, the period before the crisis. And these types of jobs may be less productive than full-time employment within firms. Additionally, we've seen a rise in gig economy type jobs um, and zero-hours contracts, which are typically are very insecure forms of employment, and perhaps workers in these types of employment have a lot less bargaining power. So how does the prospect of Brexit colour this picture? I mean, are things as good as they're going to get? Are they going to get worse, better? What What can we say? Well, we don't really know what's going to happen with Brexit. We don't know what the trading relationship uh, with the EU will be like, and we don't know what the uh, status of uh, EU uh, immigrants um, in the labour market will be. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say. What we can say for sure is that uh, the levels of uncertainty are elevated, and this is uh, not going to aid the uh, investment position of UK firms. So uncertainty will lead to perhaps a, a, a sort of a freeze on investment or a, or a 
diminution of investment. It's likely, yeah. Compared to what we would expect yeah. if things hadn't, yeah. um, if if a Brexit type event wasn't on the horizon. I mean, a lot of people will probably say, well, if there's going to be fewer immigrants coming in from the EU or the rest of the world, uh, surely that will improve the position of British workers. But is that such a is there such a direct sort of well, immigrants not only uh, earn wages, but they also consume. Um, so <laughs> they also buy things and spend money. So it's wrong to think of there being a set number of jobs in the economy and immigrants are coming and filling those that set number of jobs. The number of jobs in the economy will vary. So I don't think we can make this direct um, assumption. And in fact, we might even find out that if fewer people are, are allowed to come in, the economy will shrink a little bit as a yes. result of that. Yeah. It can go up or down. What can we expect to see then for the rest of this year and, and next year when it comes to jobs? So we're expecting uh, productivity and wage growth to, be, to continue to be sluggish this year before picking up next year. It's been 10 years since the start of the financial crisis and since the economy has recovered, uh, we've been waiting and expecting productivity and wage growth to resume and it, it hasn't materialised yet. Um, so we've pushed back our assumption uh, for this to happen until next year. But in a sense, we don't know whether it will happen or not. We're hoping that it will happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, on this, uh, and on this hope, thank you, Rebecca. Uh, thank this you. is all we've got time to explore today. But we'll, we will get back to productivity because obviously it's an interesting topic. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For other podcasts, blogs and specialist briefings, as well as the latest UK and world forecast by NISA, please visit our website www.nisa.ac.uk. Goodbye. <music>